Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Niner Nation? Uh, this is the Niner Fanatic Podcast, and I'm here with the Niner Nate. And uh, you know him, you all know him from the spaces. Why don't you tell everybody where they can where they find where they can find you and your content, Nate? Uh, but I'm really excited to have you on today. Uh, super excited to be here with you. So uh, you can find me at Niner Nate Forty Nine on Twitter. You can also find the Niner Nate's Nonsense Podcast on YouTube. It launches tomorrow night, eight o'clock Pacific time. I'm super excited. The official launch of this thing that I've been working on forever. Uh, you can also find the Niner Nate's Nonsense Podcast on you know all your podcasting platforms, all that stuff. But um, yeah, excited to be here with you. Excited to talk 49 football. Or kind of everyone's kind of ramping up as we get close to the draft. It's sort of weird, you know. I, I it was basically like I didn't get any calls or any texts or anything from anyone, and then all of a sudden over the last two weeks, everyone's reaching out and <laughs> wants to talk. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody sees that uh, that you're putting out your you're starting your YouTube channel, so of course we want to get you on, get as much uh, exposure as we possibly can. I love that part about the the 49er community the content creator community is that we we all everybody is so genuine and like good to each other for the most part you know uh like and it's everybody tries to help each other out so like i i just want to get you as much exposure as you can i see i see you in the niner spaces all the time uh pretty much every day just like i'm in there every day too so uh yeah like anything anything special that you saw today i didn't see any real special news today but Anything that you saw that I didn't? Uh, not not forty nine related. The XFL is coming back next year, which is kind of exciting because I worked for the uh, I worked for the Seattle Dragons for about a year uh, until COVID destroyed their season. So, um, you know, my biggest thing with that was always that I want it to be a a farm system for the NFL, and I'm hoping with them coming back, they can maybe look into making that more of a reality. I think that that's what they wanted to do, but the first season was like a wait and see season. So the sooner that happens for the NFL, the sooner this league is better than it's ever been. Because once you have a farm system and a place for, you know, guys and, and kids, you know, to get better over the course of an offseason, that's when you start to see like huge, um, you know, guys, guys seeing, you know, huge improvements from year to year, as opposed to, you know, where Trey Lance basically didn't get to play football, except for those two games last year. If he went to an XFL team and got to play for an XFL team last year, I'm, I'm guessing people are a little bit more confident um, about the 49ers going to this season than a lot of people seem to be, which is sort of bizarre because I think that Trey Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. That's a, I think that's we all think that. <laughs> yeah. I think we all think that. And it's, uh, and I think the XFL really, that's immediately what I thought of any, any football league that starts itself up uh, like next to the NFL, because you're not going to compete with the NFL, but you have to find your niche and it's kind of just like podcasting. Uh, you kind of have to find your niche and what you do well. And I think XFL, the thing that that I liked the most about them when they were when they were going was that they were trying out things, trying out rules to differentiate themselves from the NFL. And and it's things that the NFL could adopt. I think that they looked at it that way, and I think that they are. I think I heard that they are talking to the the Rock or whoever's running the XFL right now to yeah. uh, to to do something like that. Yeah, The Rock is, I'm pretty sure they're like weird commissioner or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, or he owns it or something like that. And so yeah, I think he bought it. Um, yeah, he bought it from um, old uh, wrestling guy. From Vince. Vince. From Vince. Vince. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's about wrestling. I just know he, he's the Vince <laughs> wrestling guy. And so they bought it from him. And then so it's basically up to The Rock to kind of just figure out how it's going to happen. But I mean, The Rock is like, that dude makes more money on like terrible movies than anybody makes on good movies. And so that dude has so much money to spend that I imagine like the first season will probably be kind of like a, a setup season. But if it's successful, I could see the NFL being like, hey, we want in. What do we have to do? And that's like ideally where this goes. And, you know, where you're drafting guys in the sixth and seventh round, they're going off to an XFL team and playing for a season. You know, if, if they don't make your squad or and practice squad specifically, like NFL practice squad players are eligible to stay on an NFL practice squad while also playing for an XFL team, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I see it as a spot where I think that eventually what's going to end up happening is that kids aren't going to have to go to necessarily go to college. They may be able to go to XFL. Like I think the NBA wanted to do yeah. that with their development league. Uh, eventually, 
But I think I could see the XFL letting these young kids get in and and see if there if there is that dramatic of a drop off. Like when you're talking about, because I mean, there is a difference between kid uh, 18 year old strength and grown man strength. So, uh, well, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I I think that the XFL, I I loved it when it was out this last time. COVID kind of gave it a, a raw deal. Yeah, but it gave everybody a raw deal, right? So uh, it's. Yeah, it's it, wild it, that the the last two football leagues they've tried to start outside the NFL have, have basically, you know, AAF was uh, destroyed because of the way funding was done. Yeah. Um, and now the XFL, you know, with the, the worst pandemic, you know, they've seen in, in whatever, how many years. And it was funny just because, like, the XFL was seeing success. Like, when I was yes, working for was. the Seattle Dragons, we were noticing that more and more people were attending games week in and week out. And so if they can see that kind of success again when they bring it back, I think we'll be fine. I think that 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 eventually it'll become what people actually want it to be. You just have to get through the growing pains. Yeah, for sure. Like in any league. Um, so today there was a piece of news uh, that came out this morning about Stefan Diggs getting his big contract, and uh, and I guess he got uh, seventy-two million over five over five years, uh, which is pretty big contract. But I think it's newsworthy just because I think that's a lot a lot of people were talking about today that that could be a similar deal that Debo gets uh, I don't know what you thought about that and do you think that he gets maybe more than that I don't I don't know because I, I just think that uh, Debo had doesn't have the body of work that Stefan Diggs has uh, but but what do you think about that so it's kind of interesting uh, people were kind of celebrating when this contract came out in a way just for the Debo thing because they think he'll get less than that the problem here's the problem with the NFL and the problem with the way things have been for a while now is it's not based on your production in the way that people think it is, is, is more, you know, yes, Diggs has been in the league a lot longer than, than Debo Samuel. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because the way these contracts are, and especially with the, the salary cap going up next year and then the way that it's going up, not this season, but the following year that these contracts are just going to be, it's going to be one upping, you know, and it doesn't matter you know, if you're a wide receiver in the NFL, it's going to be one upping. And so the Niners need to focus on getting the contracts out before DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and AJ Brown. Those are the four. Those are the four. One of those four, whoever goes first, it's going to fall like dominoes, you know, but falling upwards. And it's going to be a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And so if they can get that contract out before those, I'll feel a lot better. But right now, I mean, the Diggs thing, He'll probably get around that much. I'm trying to think what the annual is because it's some, I think it was 104 million over uh, four years, which would be and 70 million guaranteed, which would be a little over 25 million per year. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's so, what, that's what I was thinking. It was going to be around. That's what it's going to be for Debo. I think Debo's probably going to make probably you know 24, 25, 26, something like that. But if that's only if he gets in front of DK, Terry, and AJ. And that's up to the 49ers because if he doesn't get in front of them, we're going to be looking more closer to the 30 range like what um, what Adams got because those are the four that are going to be compared against each other. Adams is kind of in a world of his own. He's been the best you know receiver in the entire league forever. And so the Tyreek Hill thing and the Adams thing, I don't see that argument as much, but the digs... I'm kind of talking in circles, I feel like, but like the digs thing is um, not as consequential, I think, as people think it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And it's, uh, I, I just, I've just kind of used it as a guideline because I think that you can kind of look at Debo, what Debo means to the 49ers. And I would say that he is a much bigger piece to what the 49ers do than Stefan Diggs. Now people would say that that's crazy to say Stefan Diggs puts up all this production, but the reality is, is he's a receiver. Debo does a little bit of everything. And I mean, they even had him returning kicks and I think that they're willing to do whatever it takes to get the ball in Debo's hands. Whereas Stefan Diggs is a receiver. He's a dominating receiver, but he is a receiver. He is, he does one thing. <laughs> so I, I think that that might have something to do with, uh, if Debo gets a little bit more than him and his and Debo's age, right? This is going to be his first big contract. 
So it's it's entirely possible that he goes big on this this first one, but I don't think he's going to get as much as uh, Devontae. I don't think it's going to even touch that. No, right? no, no. It won't touch Devontae, I think. But yeah. the digs gets kind of probably more that range. Um, and, you know, it's honestly up to Debo, right? Like, he has to decide, do you want to try and have more than what Diggs got when Diggs has been in the league much longer? I, that's why I think that they're going to be more focused on, you know, those four um, and then those guys, you know, fighting for more money, you know, as each one gets their contract. I, I just think that the one problem that Debo Samuel and, and what the 49ers could potentially do is the fact that, you know, he's never played 16 games in a season. It's just never happened. Yeah. And so the 49ers could very well, you know, take money away um, because of that. And that could be where the where impasses happen um, and where a potential trade could happen because of that. It's a, it's, um, it's interesting because I don't think Debo is the kind of guy who would hold out, you know, to get a contract, but you, you never know with these guys. And you then, just never know. you know, it, it's funny because people, they signed Ray Ray McLeod. Right. And so people are like, Oh my God, this guy's a kick returner, all this stuff. I think they're going to use him like Debo. And I think that I the reason too. they go out and get him like, and go get him is because they want to assure that if they spend 26, 27, whatever million dollars a year on Debo, that this guy is taking some more hits where Debo's not just taking hit after hit after hit and I exactly. mean, becoming the next Todd Gurley. So I think that that <laughs> plan is there where they can afford paying in this kind of money, but the 49ers do weird stuff, you know, like yeah. we could wake up tomorrow and he's a jet. Like I do not know <laughs> what's going to happen. And that's kind of the wildest thing. Like I have no idea if this man is going to be a jet tomorrow, if he's going to be a 49er and, 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 and if they trade him, this, I mean, this fan base will explode. For, in a way 49er Twitter may burn it down. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's funny because he was part of the reason that they made it as far as they did, right? But yeah. at the same time, like, at what point do you decide if a wide receiver is worth that much? And do you decide that, okay, you know, our future is probably going to be Ayuk and a rookie? Because they could do that. I mean, we never yeah. thought in a million years that it would be Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and, and a rookie. We thought it was going to be Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and Buckner. And so yeah. the 49ers have shown they don't care about, you know, churning a roster if they believe that it makes them better and it can makes them so they can continue to compete in the playoffs. And so far, technically, they've shown us that they're right. Now, if they trade Debo and they see, you know, and Christian Watson is the pick and he's not as you know, dynamic and, and, and Raymond McLeod is just not filling that Debo role properly, then there's a lot of questions there and you start to, you know, question the front office. But this is a kind of an interesting situation just because yeah, I don't trust them when they say Debo's going to be a 49er for a long time because I trusted them when they said Buckner's going to be a long 49er for a long time. And then they, they said, <laughs> no, and they stabbed me in the back. And so <laughs> I have trust issues with the San Francisco 49ers. I think we all do because... Uh, I think it was like kind of a uh, coin. They coined the phrase, you know, Niners don't leak. We we don't hear anything really. And all we hear is the talking heads and we know that they're wrong. Like 90% of the time they're wrong. So it's, it, it's going to be really interesting. And I'm, I'm just, it's entirely possible what you say that they could trade Debo. I'm just thinking, I'm just just listening to you talk about it, and I'm thinking about the haul that they probably would get for for Debo. I think that they could easily get a first and and a second, maybe like uh, and maybe a future pick after that. So I look at yeah. the Tyreek Hill deal, and I mean, I see that they could they could uh, get Christian Watson and another guy in the in the first round. They could go get Christian Watson and the best edge rusher available. And I, and at one point you ask yourself, are the 49ers better because they have Christian Watson and another edge rusher to go with Kerry Hyder? Or are they better with Debo um, and, and Ray McLeod? And so yeah. obviously I don't I don't know a lot about Raymond McLeod. Like I've never really – I haven't watched a ton of film because he's not really like a, a super well-known player, right? No. And it's just like, do you believe – that Debo can do what he did last year again. That's what they have to think. And I and I think that they thought that DeForest Buckner could not replicate 
what he did in 2019. It yeah. was not going to happen. It was it was too much of a product of Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead basically having no, you know, being there, but Nick Bosa being a rookie and not being all the way, you know, as polished as they want. And mm-hmm. so if they move off Debo, people are going to be mad, but there are ways they make this, they can spin this to make it better. And that's that's if they get Christian Watson and the best edge rusher available. And, and I think that they know that. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. it's entirely possible that, but this is the this is the thing. What they can't do is draft. Uh, if they do do that, they can't draft another Javon Kinlaw. Like that can't that can't happen. Uh, it's because I think Javon Kinlaw. I think he's immensely talented, and I'm really excited to see what he does this season. But they've proven that they struggle with those early those early round picks especially when it has something to do with offensive line or even defensive line. I mean, Solomon Thomas and, I mean, Javon Kinlaw and uh, who was the other guy? Well, they got got him in the second round. But um, who was the other guy? He's no – he's been – hasn't been on the team for like two seasons. Uh, Uh, Ruben Foster? No, the guy that they got in the second round. Dante uh, Dante Pettis. Like, yeah. I mean, you got Dante Pettis is out there yeah. and you've got a few different guys that they've gotten in those early rounds that just, and McGlinchey, not that McGlinchey's bad, but McGlinchey oh, We can have is, that conversation if you want. Yeah, no, we're not going to, we could go around and around about McGlinchey because it's not that he's terrible. He just has the worst, he just decides to have a bad play on the worst possible times every single time. It's just. You know, and it's, it's funny you mentioned that that first draft. So that first draft is interesting because, you know, it's a new organization. They're not going to hit everything, but they hit George Kittle. And so as long as they hit one of those picks, they were fine. Right. Following year, they get, um, uh, who was the first pick in that draft? Oh my God. Am I drawing a blank? That wasn't Nick Bosa. Was that Nick It was Solomon Thomas, wasn't it? No, the year after that. Who was it after that? Oh, it was McGlinchey. It, it was, was McGlinchey. McGlinchey. And yeah, so McGlinchey. they knew McGlinchey was what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that while he hasn't proven to be like, I think he's 12th or 13th or something like that. He hasn't, you know, been the best, you know, 12th or 13th pick. He's been fine. He's decent. He does what he needs to do. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Yeah. Great in the run game. But then, he just... but then that year they hit on Fred Warner and yeah. Fred Warner is another, you know, pinnacle player in your franchise. Right. Mm-hmm. Then the following year they got Debo and Bosa. And so as long as you're hitting, you know, 50% of your picks, you're doing pretty decent. And the yeah. only time they didn't hit 50% of the picks is that first year. I think they're excused for that. And, 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 and last year, you know, if they hit on Trey Lance, doesn't nothing matters. Yeah, none of it matters. <laughs> I lived in Seattle for four years. They didn't hit a first round pick any of those years. Yeah. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. Yeah. And the guy was terrible. But it didn't yeah. matter. They're still winning 10 and 11 games because the quarterback is good. If your quarterback is good in this league, it doesn't matter because you know why? The rules are so situated to make quarterbacks literally do whatever they want. They're gone on the field. Yeah. That if your quarterback is good, you're going to find a way to make the playoffs every single year. So, I mean, that's why people don't, you know, I don't take the draft pick stuff too serious. And people are like, oh my God, John Lynch drafts terribly. Yeah, but. If and if he drafted terrible, which he didn't, if they literally hit this pick from last year, nothing matters anymore because they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. When you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, anything's possible. People in Seattle literally thought every year that the Seattle Seahawks were going to win the Super Bowl. Every year because they had a quarterback. The rest of the roster was trash, but they had a quarterback. And 49er fans are going to feel that way if Trey Lance is good. And that's that's honestly all you need. And if they can, if they really move off Debo because they think Trey Lance is that good and they build around Trey Lance in that way, then I'm not going to be as mad as, as most of Niners Twitter is because I think that they've proven they, if Trey Lance is good, man, they've proven everyone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. for sure. And so. it's, this is the thing. Like, uh, I don't want to speak that into existence because I love Debo. Like, and I think that he is the heart and soul of the team. At least he was last season. 
And uh, but I do I do wonder if his style will translate with Trey with Trey's style. I think everybody's kind of expecting Ayuk to be the big the big breakout this next season because his style kind of translates to that that down the field throwing that uh, the Trey like Trey is an intermediate and long long guy. He's like the anti Jimmy, and uh, it's. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they what they decide. But I don't think that we'll know about Debo's contract until probably I would say until around OTAs, <laughs> like uh, and then and then it, anything goes because I mean we didn't see the Warner deal till I think it was July, and then uh, we didn't see Kittle's Kittle's uh, got his deal about the same time. So yeah, yeah, like it, it's got we got a ways to wait. But uh, you know, it's always fun to speculate. Unless like, they, they trade him at the draft, there's always that chance. They oh trade my god, him I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about it. I would like my heart would drop out of my chest. I think DK happened. DK got they offered, and DK is not as good as Debo. No, they offered them pick nine, and so, and it's just pick nine from what the rumor is. I mean, if there are more yeah. picks, maybe. But the Niners get offered pick nine, pick their you know whatever other Jets pick there is in the second round. Like the Niners would get multiple picks for Debo because Debo yeah. with Robert Sala would be exactly what the Jets are looking for yeah, for Zach Wilson. And so if it happened and then they turned it into Christian Watson and an edge rusher, I, God, I'm going to come off as an asshole. But, and I, and the thing is like, the thing is, is like, I'm totally down. They signed Debo to an extension. I'll go buy his Jersey. Like I love the guy. He's, he's one of one. There's nobody like him. But sometimes in the NFL, when you could find ways to get better that cost you less money and, you know, make it so you're not spending as much money on your roster, when for some godforsaken reason there's a quarterback on your roster that costs you $25 million, that for some reason is still there and they can get cheaper at not only wide receiver but also pass rush, which is the reason they got to the Super Bowl in the first place was because the pass rush is so good. Yeah. I'm going to say do it. And so if they do it, I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to miss Debo, but man, like. It just depends Christian on the hall. Watson's special. Christian yeah, Washington. it depends on the hall that they special. get. Like uh, if they if they just got a first round pick for Debo, I don't know that I would be happy with that. Like First uh, and a second, though. My God. First and a second. <sighs> yeah, I might. I might be okay with that. Say you, okay, so say you get a first and a second and you give them a fourth because we have two of them. Would you do it? Oh, I'm not giving them anything. They get Debo. They Debo like a fourth, that. and you get a first and a second this year. I, I I would do it if they just give me a first and a second and just Debo. And I we just had to give up Debo. I shouldn't say just give up Debo, but like uh, I think Debo is worth that. I mean, what did Tyreek Hill get? I know that they're, they're not the same player, but Tyreek Hill got like the, what? Didn't he get like three picks? Uh, I thought it was four. Oh, and they gave up a six or something like that. And oh, they got okay. like a first. A so second. yeah, I could see them doing that, like maybe swapping a pick and then uh and then getting like two more picks for, for Debo, like maybe another later later round guy. Uh, I, it's it's hard to say no when you think about like how expensive Debo's gonna cost you. Yeah. And 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 we come back all the way full course again, and Trey Lance is God and they're winning games because he's God. Yeah, they're gonna pay him over two hundred million guaranteed because yeah. Deshaun Watson has now broken, and people don't realize it yet, I guess. But Deshaun Watson has broken the way we pay quarterbacks for yes. the foreseeable future. The next quarterback <sighs> to get paid, it's going to be obscene. Yeah, when Russell Wilson gets that extension next year with Denver, it's going to be obscene. I know and that Watson has changed everything. I know that the the owners cannot stand the Browns right now. Oh, yeah. be, just because they are just that gave Watson so much power. Now, this is the thing. If it if it doesn't end well and they don't get anything out of it, then it doesn't hasn't changed anything. Yeah. Teams are gonna go right back to what they were doing before and they're gonna be even more cautious. Like so it's uh it it could go it could go either way. And I think that I still think he's gonna get sus- I think Deshaun's gonna get suspended. Oh yeah, uh, six games the, at least. Has yeah, to be. at least, at least has to be. So, yeah, well, 
We'll see, but I mean, that's that's why this episode is about draft fever. This is what it's happens. Just... <laughs> this is what happens when uh, when you get close to the draft. We're at three weeks away till the big day. It's mock season, and it's it's just draft fever. Everybody's thinking about all the possibilities, and when you have a player like Debo that's about to get paid it's only natural that you start thinking about the possibilities and what could happen because the 49ers, they don't let us know anything. And like you said earlier, <laughs> look at what happened with Buckner. And I'll tell you this, if they said what they said about Debo and Bosa and end up trading Debo, that what they said about, uh, about we have a plan or whatever, or he's part of He's going to be a part of the future. That's going to be the kiss of death for any player going forward. Yep. If they say that, like yeah, everybody's I mean, just going to assume that you're traded. Anything's possible, right? Like it, it's literally like, I have no idea what we're going to wake up and see any given day because of the way the 49ers operate. And, you know, you'll hear little things like I, you know, people who text me and be like, Oh yeah, this, this, and I'm like, but it never, it's never, it's never fully accurate. It's never like, you never know the exact numbers, the exact thing. And yeah. so at any point they can do that. And I just think that, you know, getting cheaper at, at other positions in a draft that's this deep and, you know, at, at multiple positions, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, especially when the Rams, you know, continue just to spend, 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 spend. Eventually they're going to spend all this money on these older players when they need to get younger, you know, and, and, and eventually, and the 49ers will be the team that's young and has stayed yeah. young because they found ways to churn the roster where the star players are still there. But there's young guys coming in, filling spots and becoming star players of their own. Eventually, they can decide to move those guys. And, and I think that the way the 49ers do it, you know, while people disagree with John Lynch a lot of the time and, you know, for some reason call him names and such on yeah, Twitter. I just think that John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan and, and, and Adam Peters specifically, you know, there's certain things they've gotten wrong. But I think that the way they built this roster over the last five years is 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 some of the best roster building I've seen from a 49ers squad uh in, in the last 20 years. It just it doesn't compare what they've been able to do with this roster compared to what we witnessed over the last 10 years. You know, like I love Patrick Wills, I love Navarro Bowman, all this stuff, right? But yeah. this 49er team and how fast they got good and how fast they got built to the point where like you have national pundits being like the 49ers roster is insane. Mm-hmm. That was all them, and even though they can't to- name them, <laughs> like even yeah, though right. they don't know any of their names, like uh, it's it's crazy how they get everybody's name wrong. Yeah. They couldn't even tell you, they couldn't even tell you who is on our defensive line. Exactly, and it's I mean, uh, that's it, it's crazy. Weird. I I think that, that's that's weird. I've never understood that. Uh, you know, just and maybe it's because the LA team just gets more publicity. But like, I live in you know pretty close to San Francisco and. There's more money in this area and like where Santa Clara, San Jose, like and most places in the United States. And you would think that like the media would want to appeal to those type of, of, of fans. Yeah, for sure. And a shout out to Kelts. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for watching brother. And, but yeah, it's we're we're in that, that part of the year where there's so much, so much optimism with all these draft picks and the more I do mocks, the more I, the more I look at the tape on these guys, the more excited that I get about what could be. And I always do, I got this from, uh, from BD Peacock on uh, locked on 49ers, but I do a shadow draft uh, every, every year. And it's, you know, it's kind of, it's my favorite thing to do on Madden is, is roster building. So it's uh I, I can't wait. I can't I just cannot wait to see the my shadow draft last last year didn't actually end the 49ers actually did a lot of the things that uh that I had uh, picked a lot of the guys that I thought they were gonna pick, uh except for a couple. But uh but yeah, this year I think they have some specific needs in this that they can address in the draft, but they're gonna have to go up and get guys. And I, I'm not I know that they're they're all big about trading up and down and all over the place in the draft. So I, I don't put it past them to be able to draft up and get a couple of these guys. Uh, like one of my one of my draft crushes is uh, Jaquan uh, Brisker 
out of Penn State. I feel like we need to close the door on the tar- on the whole Tart thing, and and uh, and I think we need to move on. Like I love I love Tart to death. I think he's a good player. I just don't think that you re-sign a guy that's starting to get up there in the years. And uh, yeah, we need a playmaker in that secondary. And I think that Jaquan Brisker is a really good player. Uh, I have a question for so, you. You know, talking about safeties, do you really wish? I mean, I don't know where Jaquan Brisker is going to go exactly, but do you really believe you should spend a top, you know, three round pick on a, on a safety? Just because, like, one thing about safeties is is it's not really a position that like makes a ton of money. You know, it's it's a position that has a lot of churn. Um, mm-hmm. I, how do you feel about you know drafting a safety and 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 you know the top sixty picks? I guess. I think that it's actually a smart way to go because you want a guy that's supremely talented and it's versatile. You don't want a guy a guy that can only play can only play uh, to uh, split safety or split zone or or a guy that's just man like uh, just uh, box safety. In the higher you go in the draft in those the first second round, those are the guys that you get that are versatile that can that you can move all over the chessboard. And especially for what the 49ers do on defense, and I love this about D'Amico, is he really uses those safeties to mask what the corners are weak at. And it's, I think it's, it would be really important for him to get a solid, to just solidify that safety spot. And now you have the versatility of having him and, uh, or, or a really good safety. It doesn't have to be brisker. And having Jimmy Ward on the other side, you can move them all over the place, both of them. Could could play single high, could play whatever you need them to play, and they can and they can even drop down in the slot and guard that slot receiver. So, I think it's immensely important that you uh, that you draft early on the safety spot, especially because you just said they don't make a lot of money. Uh, so even though you got them in that first second round, you're not breaking the bank, and uh, but you got a really good player and a guy that you could build on in that secondary and you don't necessarily have to get top end, even though they, they got went out and got Traverius Ward, they, you, they don't have to go out and get top end corners. If that makes sense. Yeah. My thing, one thing about the draft I've kind of come to a realization with over the last couple of years is when the 49ers draft for need over best player available, they don't hit the picks as much. Meaning so they, oh, they knew they needed someone to replace, you know, Staley eventually or, you know, whatever, right? And mm-hmm. so they draft McGlinchey. And, well, I like McGlinchey. You know, that was a, a player of need more than it was best player available. There was definitely yeah. a player available. You know, his name was um, Derwin James, who was better, right? And if Derwin James is on the 49ers, I don't know if he has the injury history, but, like, they have a safety right now as opposed to, you know, McGlinchey who's hurt, right? And I'm not yeah. trying to badmouth McGlinchey. Don't don't come get me on Twitter. You know, I know he's very much. And I like the guy. Like I, people get mad at me because I had a guy who I did a podcast with. He called um, Concrete Feet McGlinchey, and I was like, no, it's not him. Anyways, <laughs> whenever they draft for needs, when they drafted Kinlaw, you know, and I like Javon Kinlaw. He's a very talented guy. I think that maybe um, there's a chance that he lives up to that hype this season. I think they're relying on it, obviously, um, but they drafted for, for what they needed as opposed to best player available. And, you know, that hasn't worked out. Yeah. But then you look at the later rounds and you look at, you know, Fred Warner and they didn't need a linebacker, right? They yeah. just saw a player with immense talent, drafted him in the third round, went on to become a star. They didn't need a tight end when they drafted George Kittle, saw talent, athleticism, whatever, drafted and became one of the best players on the Niners. The face of the franchise, if you will, right? Yeah. Now, I and, and Debo, they didn't necessarily need a wide receiver, but they went out and got Debo because he was the best player available in the second round. They couldn't pass him up. And I just feel like if the 49ers, having just gone to the NFC Championship game, being three points away from a Super Bowl, you know, for a Super Bowl championship, because I don't give a, I don't give a hell what anybody says, the Bengals were not beating the 49ers, even with Jimmy Cam no. Garoppolo. No. And so when you think about this draft and you have nine picks, right? I think it's nine. I'm pretty sure it's nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you should be doing is in that first, that second round, once you get there, I would be calling everybody and trying to figure out where guys are going and go move up and get the best player available early in that second round. 
And then in the later rounds, continue to just do best player available. And you're going to fill those slots, those spots of, you know, where you need guys, but it's going to be filled with guys who have are based on potential and, you know, guys who could potentially be the future of the 49ers. And, and I really feel like, I really feel like there's some guys that if they do best player available this year and they just snag them, people aren't going to know who the hell they are. But by the end of the season, this season, they're gonna be like, I can't believe that we got him in the third round or the fourth round because they don't need anybody. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. posi- every position on this team is filled. Maybe not with the best talent available, you know, but they don't need anybody. They have someone for every single spot. And so when you are coming off of an NFC championship, you know, game, you're coming out with one of with a quarterback who should be better than what you currently have and you just go best player available for nine picks and move up and take what you want and do what you need. I think this will be one of the better drafts they've had because there's nobody they absolutely need. Last year, they absolutely needed a quarterback. That was the most important thing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And you kind of saw, and I think that that's why Aaron Banks is going to turn out to be decent because they didn't necessarily need a guard, right? They didn't know, you know, they kind of assumed Lakin was going to be too expensive and he would leave, right? But they didn't need a guard, so they went out and got the best guard available. Maybe, maybe two in the second round is too early for a guard, but that was that who they believe was the best player available. And 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 we'll see what happens there. But like Ambry Thomas, you know, they needed corners, but like that guy came kind of came on towards the end of the season, where like people are like, oh, this guy might have some future. And you look at these later rounds, Juwan Jennings. They didn't need another wide receiver. They got him because he was an athletic freak. And look, he was a decent wide receiver three last year. So. I'm all about best player available for the 49ers who's on their board as opposed to filling safety, filling this, filling that. You know, they, I trust them more than I think most people do. Yeah. So I look at it, I look at the draft as if you can upgrade at certain positions, it's not necessarily a need, but I feel like there's certain positions that if you can upgrade your, where you're at and there's a really good player there like and and you can kind of like you said make your phone calls see where certain guys it looks like certain guys are going to go and then position your draft to to take the guys that that you're that you're honing in on i think that that is that that's a better uh a better idea than sometimes like uh because what do you let's say you have a glut at uh at linebacker like uh, then then now you just have then you're going to end up having to trade somebody right and who knows if you get the the right value i i just i just i mean they have a glut at linebacker right now right like they got to find a way to get move greenlaw i think i think greenlaw is going to get traded like yeah uh, they have I, to move I really, yeah there's I no think way he's, he's on gonna this, get tra- this year yeah yeah exactly. and i think that he's got a guy that's definitely gonna and that's i'm gonna bring up that point in a, in a couple of minutes but yeah, like I think he's absolutely got to go, and I think he's going to go during the draft. But I guess I guess we can transition into this this next question. Would you be surprised by a Jimmy trade during the draft, and with who? Like uh, who who do you think that that it would be with? Because I'm hearing a lot of rumblings from Carolina about their about their moving towards Kenny Pickett, and which screams to me that they need Jimmy to to mentor him for a year. Uh, I think, I think that Jimmy's going to be here next year. I think that really? he's going to be on the bench or I, there's two, there's two ways he stays, right? Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I think Carolina's going to go in with Sam Darnold as their starter. I think that Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers next year. Um, you can bookmark it, whatever, you know, April 6th. I said Sam Darnold's gonna be the starter of the of the Carolina Panthers. Um, and you know, Kenny Pickett may, you know, override him or whatever, whoever they draft, you know, Malik Willis, whatever. I think Jimmy's gonna be here until that shoulder is back to normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna have a decision, right? And it's gonna be do we carry him for 25 million and risk the locker room, or do we cut him? And get nothing. Because if they risk the locker room, they're going to get a third-round comp pick out of it, most likely. And so it comes down to the 49ers 
And this is the thing that while I can stand up for their draft choices, I can stand up for the way they do player personnel, I cannot stand up for the way they've done this Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. Excuse me. They have set up a situation where they will not move off of him for nothing. And the only way they get something is by keeping him on for another season, him making $25 million, and then getting that comp pick. And so yeah. Trey Lance is the starting quarterback of San Francisco 49ers. I have no doubt in that. I have no doubt. He's going to get OTAs. He's probably going to get training camp. He's going to be the starter no matter what. Kyle has told him. And Kyle's had multiple conversations with him when Kyle said he doesn't talk to Jimmy during the offseason that <laughs> Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. And I yeah. believe him in that way. Yeah. And the question is now, how annoying and how awful is this fan base to the point where when Trey messes up, are the jackholes at Levi's chanting, we want Jimmy? Yeah. And that's the biggest worry. And that's why I think they've screwed this up because – they should have moved him for a fourth round pick. They, Pittsburgh they lowballed him. Pittsburgh totally lowballed him, from what I heard, and they should have just taken it because yeah. him being on here and getting a third round pick is not worth what Levi Stadium can do. It's not even just the locker room. Like I understand the Arm Armstead thing where he went on the Sacramento Kings thing and said Jimmy made us win all that crap. Yeah, my biggest problem is the we want car thing happening to to to, to Trey because this fan base is rabid yeah if they aren't winning they'll kill you because they're spending a lot of money it gets very hot at levi's and people get restless there and so if they're not winning and it's trey's fault oh man uh and that's my biggest fear but i think he's going to be here i don't think he's going to get traded if he gets traded i'll be very happy but i'll be happy. i i think that the draft is his is really kind of his best chance to get traded i just don't i don't know if it's going to happen but i think that they'll release him but i don't think that they're going to go into the season with with him like uh, because of just what you said i don't think that they want to do trey like that uh, because like you said for sure the fan base will go crazy if uh, if he has a bad couple of games and not that I really expect him to. I think it's going to be Trey's going to have a big year, but you too, yeah. But at the same time, if he has a bad couple of games, or let's say for whatever, or he gets injured or something to that effect, like uh, not to wish that on anybody, but if that happens, like, and then Jimmy has to come in, and let's say Jimmy gets us to the playoffs again, <laughs> it's just it. It's yeah. I just feel it's. I thought they should have traded him. I thought they should have traded Jimmy the minute they traded up to get uh, to get Trey. Like that was my personal opinion. I just think that it's never a good thing to bring the incumbent back, like uh, because it because of this very reason. And uh, it's just not a good look for your when your guy is always having to look over their shoulder. So I I don't know. We'll see. Like, uh, but I'm excited. Like that's best part about the draft is you just don't know what's gonna happen. And there's always some huge trade. There's always some, yeah. some earth-shattering uh, thing that happens during the draft. And the NFL gets gets tilted on its axis. So I just can't wait to see. I think the 49ers will be involved with trade talks on draft day. and But I, yeah, I'm excited I, to see it. I think they're going to trade up into the early second round. Um, and I think I they're going to. So I, I do. I think. And here's one thing that I think that people – don't understand truly about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals went to Joe Burrow and said, what do you want? Yeah. Do you want a tackle or do you want Jamar Chase? And Joe Burrow said, I want Jamar Chase. That's who I want. And, and if the 49ers are going to do this right, they're going to say to Trey, Christian is available. Do you want Christian? Yeah. And if Trey Lance is who I think Trey Lance is, Trey Lance is going to say, I want Christian Watson. And the 49ers like him from, you know, things I've heard, you know, people rumblings and whatnot. They like Christian Watson. I mean, what's not question, to like? <laughs> like the kid, yeah. Yeah, the kid is just he's an absolute freak. freak. And, and and what's nice is he's falling down draft boards because of the fact that he went to North Dakota State, which is, a you know, an, another reason for the 49ers to go grab him. But the thing is, is 
I understand, and, and the thing people get misconstrued about this and why people get mad when we're like, oh, I don't want to draft a wide receiver 61. I don't want to draft, I don't want to trade down, right? Right. The difference between this situation and the Jamar Chase situation is totally, I understand that. Jamar Chase was a freak his entire career at an SEC school in LSU. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can underestimate how important a rookie quarterback having his wide receiver he played college football with is in the NFL. And I think that Jamar Chase has proven that no matter, and obviously Chase was always going to be a star, but Chase having the rapport he has where there's times where Chase knows the ball's coming before it feels like Burrow is even going to throw it. Yeah. And I just think that that kid being there and us drafting Trey last year, it's just fate. It's fate that he's here. It's fate that he's on this team. And if they end up moving Debo, or even if they sign Debo, you know, Debo and, and Watson or Ayuk and Watson and Jennings, like that's a great wide receiving core. And I think that the 49ers defense is going to take a step back no matter what, because it's almost impossible to be as good as they've been in recent memory, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, Kerry Hyder is going to be your other lead pass rusher. And I get it. He was very good the first time he was here with us. He was very awful in Seattle, like very, very yeah. awful. <laughs> but it's Kasurik, so, bro. It's Kasurik. Yeah, like, like, I get that. Like that guy is just. Uh, I just think that he, the defense is going to take a step back, no matter what. Yeah, I think that Chris Kasurik is a magician, and and he just knows how to turn. Uh, pardon my French, but sugar into shit. <laughs> like, uh, like, I mean, he's just, yeah, totally. Or the other way around either way. Like, uh, but sugar, the and guy sugar is just sugar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he, the guy is just, it, yeah. it's amazing. They just bring guys in off the scrap heap. Give me whatever your trash is. And like, and I'll make a, and I'll make at least a five sack guy out of them. And so I just think that look, if you look at the depth of the defensive line, like they already have like 12 guys on the roster already. And, and I think that, uh, I think Ebicom is going to have a step up this season because of the way he played down the stretch and because of the way he played in the playoffs. I think he's going to build on that with another year with Kasurik. Uh, I think that a couple of those guys, Amenahu, like is going to have a good, with a whole off season in the program. I think it's going to be a big deal for him. And I think that, and I think they will end up drafting someone. I don't know where, but I think they will end up dra- drafting someone uh, for another guy to, to throw in the mix. Uh, but then to have Javon Kinlaw back, if he, if he can give us meaningful snaps, I think that that's a plus. So, and having Eric Armstead just play the whole season in the middle is going to be a huge upgrade for that defensive line. Like throughout the season, I just, I think that the, the, our defense is going to be scary this season. And, and, but I get everything that you're saying about Christian Watson. I think that uh, I completely and wholeheartedly agree, even though I've been mocking nothing but offensive linemen in the first couple of rounds. Like, uh, it's, I can totally see it because if you look at what the Bengals were doing, they basically dared you to guard all of their receivers. Yeah. They just said, look, you got somebody's going to be open. And, uh, and Burrow can, is to his credit, was just able to find the open guy on more often than not. And I think that Trey, in the way Kyle schemes everything up, somebody's going to be open. And I think that if it's in that intermediate and long area, Trey's going to have a field day. I just think that the 49ers should be an offensive-based team. When Kyle Shanahan is your head coach, I think that your team should be able to just go in and decimate someone. And I think that that's what they should be building to because I think that Trey Lance is that good. And I think that, what he can do and, and and how he can tear apart this division. I mean, if this kid, <laughs> Peter, I, I can't, I can't like <laughs> fathom. If this kid is as good as, as, as some of the stuff he's shown, it's, it's not going to be yeah. fair. Kyle I, Shanahan I, is not only, you know, the second best head coach in the NFC right now, Yeah. but not only that does he, he if he has a quarterback and he has these weapons and he has, you know, the ability to, to, to score points willingly on people, it's going to be a decimation. It's not going to be, you know, 
oh, will the 49ers win this year? Or will not? No, it's going to be like Lewis Hamilton every single time he steps on an F1 track where he knows he's going to win yeah. the whole entire <laughs> championship every year. But that's going to be the 49ers. Like, like think about think about that's this. just what we're looking at. Think about this. He's so last year the 49ers averaged 25.4 points a game. Like uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Uh, Matt, like uh, how many points extra do you think Trey adds to that? Like uh, I I think it's it's an entire possibility that he could add like 10 points. Yeah. To, uh, no, and they I mean, that's 35. I mean, I don't think that they'll average 35, but I think they could average over 30 points a game. And it's uh, it's entirely possible, and which is a crazy to think when you have D'Amico Ryan's and that defense the way that that they're stacked. I just yeah. think it's it's. I mean, look at the way they. I mean, I know it was the Texans, but the fact of the matter is, is the Texans were on fire the week before on offense, and they and the 49ers held them to seven points the next week. So and they held the Rams. They held uh, they held all these guys, and I know where they were saying that that you think they're going to kind of take a step back. But even let's say they take a step back, it's not going to be off a cliff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I just think uh, I just think that, and I think that people underestimate this part too about Trey is that Trey is going to give the defense something that they did not get under Jimmy, which is rest, because he's going to give them he's going to extend drives. And when he gets to extend drives, and even if he doesn't, even if he only scores three, but they're just controlling time of possession, I think that that's huge for that defense, and it's gonna, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a different story. I agree, hundred percent. I think yeah. that that's why you go, you will get Christian Watson because you believe that your offense is going to. You're, be you're bringing me around on it. Like uh, I, I was really kind of iffy about it in the beginning. I was oh, thinking, yeah. well. You know, like they could. I really wanted him to solidify the offensive line, but like, uh, but I mean, the more I'm thinking about it, uh, the, I mean, they have solid guys already on the rock. If they just get one guy, like, uh, for the yeah. as a guard or future, well, I want an edge guy. rusher, you know, yeah. I want an edge rusher, right? Like, I think we all want an edge rusher, but like, well, we need a future center, we have to have a future center, yeah, yeah. That, I, I think they'll find they'll get one. I just don't think, I just think that, man. I'm I'm a full on Marco Martinez and a couple other guys have made me a full on member of the Christian Watson hive. Tomorrow's Niner Nation uh, nonsense first episode of the season is Christian Watson centric. Like this is my guy. Like if they don't draft him, I will be sad. Like he is my you know Justin Fields last year. You know my uh, Jerry Judy the year before. My you know Nick Bosa when I finally when I got Nick Bosa. I had never been so happy about a 49ers draft pick in my entire life because I love that guy. And everyone's like, no, Q, Q Willen's going to be better. I was like, no, he's not. Oh my God, are you kidding? Watch what Nick Bosa's done? <laughs> and so if they get Christian Watson, I would be the happiest man on the planet. But because of the fact that I'm such a pro Christian Watson guy, like I am bringing other people on my show to talk about the other picks because I, 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 it's Christian Watson or bust for here. And you, you know, we're riding that train until it falls off. <laughs> yeah. And like, and now we've hit other spots that are like uh, that I was talking about the talking points already, like because uh, we already know who you want. Uh, you want them to trade up to get, but how many players do you think they actually draft? Because they have nine picks, but I think they're going to move up and down and all over the place. I think they'll probably end up with seven or eight. You know, like yeah. I think that an edge finding. So I think if so, say for instance, my dream draft, right? You get Christian Watson, you trade up and go get him, and and then you have another pick. You know, in the early third round, that pick should be an edge rusher. Like, absolutely, the best edge rusher available. The most important things, you know, I think after, you know, filling the need of the, that, and it's not even a need, I guess, but filling that, 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 that want to have, you know, Trey have his guy, having, after that's filled, fill, getting more edge rushers and finding the best player available. So just going edge rusher in a deep edge rusher class, finding the best edge rusher available, bringing him in, and then you start best player available, filling in some of the other spots. But I mean, those are my first two picks: is, is Christian Watson and, and whatever edge rusher they deem um, best to pair with Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah, like I, I could, I could see it. I, th I think that they're going to end up with about with uh, with seven guys uh, yeah. because I think they're going to use a couple of those draft picks to to trade up, and I think they're going to trade up a couple of times. It's uh, because they've got what three picks or yeah three I think it's three picks in the. Uh, in the seventh round or two picks in the seventh round 
and two picks in the sixth round. But either way, they got some. They got a bunch of late round picks, and I think they're just yeah. going to use those to move up uh, to get the guys that they want. But uh, potential players like uh, we talked about Christian Watson, who's another guy that you would like to see them go get, or uh, or you know, like I uh, get. A guy that you, that you got your your sights on, other than Christian Watson, you got to know somebody other than Christian Watson. <laughs> um, I mean, the only problem is is the edge rusher, you know, class. It's just, it's really deep. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of guys who could potentially, you know, be there for them. Obviously, you have the guys who go, you know, in the first round, but you know, I think that they'll find someone they really like that they'll feel. I, I I've had a couple guys, um, you know. People messaged me about uh, um, uh, what's his name, Drake Jack, Drake Jackson. I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake Jackson, the edge rusher for USC. Yeah, and I think that's that's because I hang out with Roscoe's too much. To be fair, <laughs> uh, I don't think he's gonna be there yeah. for the 49ers. I, he'll be gone by the time they get there. Like that'd be only if like they traded up. Um, but it's it's deep enough that they could go find you know guys. I haven't you know, the problem with and here's the one problem with you know, when you're drafting, you know, only in the second round um, is these guys that are in the later rounds aren't as like common, you know, commonplace, I guess, if that makes sense. Like you're not, not seeing them as, as much because they're not like just jumping off the page. Um, But I could see them, you know, they know better than I do, man. I, I, I I don't know. I don't know a lot of these guys' names. I'm still kind of, the my Jesse's trying to hijack our show right now. Cause like uh, he just said, Debo unfollowed the 49ers on Instagram. So there's that. <laughs> That's just being, you know, doing stupid <laughs> tactics, you know. Yeah. But stupid, uh, you know, playing stupid games. I. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. I. Who's it, like your big edge rusher guy? I'm kind of curious. So okay, so edge rusher. I think that they're gonna go later on in the round in. Because of Chris Kasurik, I think that they're going to wait on edge rusher. I don't think that they're going to go because if you're if you really look at the way the draft goes, the guys that are going to be around at the at the time or even before the 49ers, the guys that are going to be around unless somebody falls, they they're just not uh, they're not guys that I would see as guys that you would trade up for in my mind. Like uh, the I like uh, a bit. I don't even want to butcher his name, but the guy from Penn State, Ebiketti, uh, and uh, and then there's Drake Jackson. I was like, Nick Benito. All those guys are kind of in to me. They're in the uh, the Hassan Reddick role, like a, yeah. like they're smaller guys that are just speed rushers, and they're not going to play every down. They're not good against the run. None of those guys are good against the run. So do you trade up to get a guy that is only going to be a situation yeah. pass rusher? I don't think you trade up to go get an edge rusher. I think you just find the best player available, you know, but there's a couple of guys later, later in the, in the later, like fourth, fifth round that you can go like Dominique, uh, Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio. He used to be a wide receiver, <laughs> believe it or not, but he yeah. is 260. He's about 260 pounds or 255, somewhere around there. And six, four, and the guy flies and he's he's a pass rusher right now but i think getting him with with chris kasurik and having the size that he has i think could he could be a gem like us of a sleeper and then i'm looking at tyreek uh tyreek not tyreek evans tyreek smith uh from ohio state i like him and there was one other guy that uh I, I I like my my Jay Sanders, but he's too small in my in my opinion. In my opinion, I don't like small guys. If anybody can tell, like I'm not a big <laughs> fan of of having situational pass rushers. Uh, I want a guy that can. I think that the 49ers in 2019 got gashed in the run game all the time because D Ford was too small in my in my opinion, and uh, it, that's not that wasn't his strength. His strength wasn't against the run. The they were trying to just rush the passer every single down, and uh, I I think that with the way the 49ers play right now, I think that it would be better to get a guy that's 260, 265, 
that can still has athleticism coming off the edge, but does isn't necessarily just a speed guy. Yeah, I um I'm not gonna lie, I'm I've spent a ton of time with a lot of these guys. Um so my I'm not the best when it comes to the draft stuff. Uh, I, my thing is, is, is like I said, best player available, man, finding the best guy who fits what you want to do and, and going out there. Um, and then to mention what, what Jesse was talking about earlier, I'm not going to freak out about Debo yeah. uh, on following the 49ers. <laughs> uh, you know, if I freak out about every little thing, then I'm going to drive myself nuts. <laughs> yeah. It could be something really simple. Like he's just, he's just adjusting his Instagram or whatever the case is. And people are going to fly off the hand. But, you know, we're going to hear about it all day tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's, gonna be awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it's, it's going to be terrible. But you don't have to worry about that. I won't be talking about it on my show. We'll be talking about Christian Watson. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there is. So if because you said you haven't done like uh, you haven't seen the guys a lot yet. But I just want to go. I do want to mention a couple of guys that uh, that I'm seeing. And, of course, Marcus. Uh, Marcus. Everybody keeps talking. Marcus Jones, like uh, out of U of H, he is he's five eight, but he's a really good slot corner. And the guy is he's like a smaller shark. He's a smaller K one, and uh, but I think he might even have he's he's definitely faster than K one, and he can cover. And then there's another. And then of course I'm not gonna go a podcast without. Speaking into the 49ers drafting Donovan West in this draft, like I want that to happen, like because I think he could be a future. Uh, I think he's the center of the future. I'm also looking at uh, uh, Fortner out of, uh, I believe he's out of Kentucky uh, for because I think that I think that the 49ers should double dip in the interior offensive line, but who knows? 49ers don't ever do all the things that you want. They so. never do what you want. So you do all this draft research and then they don't draft the guys you want. So you're just like, okay, yeah. well, I don't know who this guy is. So I gotta go watch film on him. You know, like, yeah, I just, uh, it's I, annoying. I guess I'm just a film. Like uh, I just, I'm just a junkie that way. I love watching all these guys and just thinking, trying to guess the potential uh, of like what they're, what's going to happen with their career. And uh, even if they don't go to the 49ers, I pay attention. I still pay attention to a few guys. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I knew was going to be crazy in the league, and yeah. I don't think anybody thought he was going to blow up like he did, because um, everybody was enamored with Jamar Chase, even though he didn't come out that year. Like, uh, but they thought that Justin Jefferson was like kind of getting his catches because of Jamar Chase was on the field. But I was trying to tell everybody then I was like, Justin Jefferson is going to be that guy. I wanted the 49ers to get him, but I mean, we ended up getting Ayuk anyway. So, uh, breaking news. For your show, uh-oh. uh oh, Debo Samuel never followed the 49ers on Twitter or on Instagram. So, <laughs> so there you go, Jesse. There you go, Jesse. Like, uh, you're not uh, you're not going to hijack this show, buddy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it's I can't wait for the draft. I just cannot. It's wait. gonna be a fun, it's gonna be a fun uh, a fun Saturday. It's not gonna be a, it's or I think it's a, it's Friday now. It's Friday. It's, Friday. it's gonna Sorry. be a Friday. But... The first night. It's gonna be a fun Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, I'm still going to be watching. <laughs> and, is, uh, is Friday the first night of the draft or Thursday? Thursday Friday uh, round. I one? think it's I, Friday I think is round one. Friday, I want to say it's I Friday. It's Thursday, maybe I'm crazy. It, it used to be on Thursdays, but I think but it they, is Friday this year. Okay, this so it'll be, it'll be a fun Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so the but hey, just a little another little tidbit of news: the 49ers were uh, they did interview uh, Kamik or Kimoko. Toure from the Colts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like um, uh, Marco Martinez actually tweeted something about his injury history that uh, people should maybe uh, listen up on. It's pretty interesting that you know he's been injured, but he's actually pretty talented, and he could be another one of those guys. You know, you mentioned Chris Kasirk finds guys and makes them great. Um, you know, so it'd be cool to to for them to turn his career around and make him great, and you know, to see him make an impact on this team next year. Yeah, for sure. And oh, uh, Mariah, Mariah said it is Thursday. So oh, okay, so it'll be a fun Friday. Thank you for the the correction, Mariah. Just making me look like an idiot, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, hey man, I really enjoyed having you on today. Like, uh, I wish you nothing but the best on your podcast. I thank you. Uh, I'm really excited to watch it tomorrow. And 
tell tell uh, everybody where they can find all your content. Are you still going to do the audio podcast too? Yeah. So um, we're going to do the live show on YouTube. Uh, that'll you know be live at eight o'clock till about nine o'clock. You know, generally an hour long show. Uh, and then Friday mornings, um, you know, it'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays this week. It wasn't Tuesday cause I had some stuff going on, but, um, uh, the next morning it'll be podcasted, uh, up on all the podcast platforms to so make sure you subscribe to Niners, uh, Niner Nate's nonsense. Um, and, and we'll be doing shows, um, next week we'll, we'll just do a Tuesday show cause I'm actually going out of town, but you know, it'll be every Tuesday and, uh, Thursday at 8 p- p- uh, eight Pacific time. And, um, you know, we're just going to talk. You know about anything i've got jamal uh armstrong coming on next week we're gonna me and him are gonna talk about uh awesome. you know some of his favorite dra- draft prospects because he's a he's a big draft junkie uh i yeah. you know like i said i'm on the christian watson or nothing hive which he loves christian watson of, too <laughs> yeah no he is too but he he's he's got some other names he wants to talk about so that's cool with me um my draft t- tends to be i fall in love with a guy and that's my guy and then i get disappointed when they don't draft so that's yeah. what happened last year with Justin Fields. You know, it'll never really happen this year with Christian Watson. And that's and that that's how I afford uh, afford to not have so much disappointment after a draft. But um, yeah, so people can check it out there. We'll do a live show. It's going to be me and uh, Chad Loomis. He's a former North Dakota State uh, radio host, uh, oh, wow. basically an expert on everything Trey Lance, everything Christian Watson. Uh, we're going to do you know some question and answer at the end. So if anyone wants to ask him a question about Christian Watson, Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Then we'll we'll stay on a little bit longer. We'll do that. Um, and so I just hope people tune in. I hope people enjoy it. Uh, also, if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Nine Nate's Nonsense, uh, you're gonna be entered into a, a drawing for a Trey Lance jersey that we'll do once we hit a thousand. So, no reason not to subscribe. It's free. Yeah, it's free. Free content, like uh, like Davo and uh, Treyway and all of them. Like <laughs> it's free. Yeah. Just uh, just subscribe, follow, do all that stuff. <laughs> Like, uh, but hey, I really appreciate having you on, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, just like Nate was saying, uh, just like Nate was saying, you can. It's all free. I I'm on YouTube. I am on uh, Twitter. I am broadcasting to Facebook. I'm probably gonna start. I'm gonna move from Facebook to Twitch pretty soon. Uh, but I'm also do. You can find my uh, the podcast on on uh, in the audio form on Anchor. Google Pod, Apple Pod, Spotify, all your major podcast uh, podcast places. So please check it out. Please give me comments. I learn. I'm still learning, and I'm it's still a process for me. So please give me feedback. I love all the feedback and uh, and like go subscribe to Nate's stuff. Get your jersey. I already subscribed. I better be in my. I better be in the drawing. But <laughs> everybody's in the drawing. It doesn't matter how I, how well I know you. Yeah. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you guys for uh, for for watching, and I will see you guys next Wednesday, six thirty Pacific time, and go Niners! Hype train never stops, baby. Yeah. <laughs>